We are officially recording. Is this where it goes? Da 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 da. Yep. You want a second? Meow 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 meow. Meow 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 meow. You know how I wanted to start it? How? Wah 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 wah. What is it? Now that was invented a very. This was invented a long time before the wop. Or oh yeah. Many many moons ago. Yeah, this is Freedom my, High School Day. This is my sister, you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm so Hello. excited because Megan Elizabeth Thera, <clears throat> born April 13th, 1988. <laughs> you actually, you were a guest on Adult Shit, the BuzzFeed podcast I had. Oh, I remember that. But it was very brief. I remember it was very brief, and we didn't really go that deep, did we? And I was not very sober either. Neither was I. <laughs> I think I was like 10 in the morning. <laughs> I just remember sweating because we were drinking whiskey, like hot toddy. Yeah. And I remember just sweating and being like, it's too early. I don't even remember what it was on. I think we purposefully kept it very light and airy like because we also had kate and her sister on so oh that's right it was the sister one yeah so we were able to spread the information it wasn't too like deep it was very like surfacey but this episode i'm really excited about because i feel like we are both in the best place we've both ever been killing it and I feel like our relationship as, as yeah. sisters are the best it's ever been. I will agree 100% on that. <laughs> we are slaying life. Yeah, and you are two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And where do I want to start this? Because I feel like you've been my number one fan forever. That is very true. You listen to every podcast. Yes, I do. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't before because I feel like I listen to you every day and <laughs> I, sometimes you weren't very funny and everybody thought you were so funny. Oh my God, bitch. <laughs> I'm like, she's funny sometimes, but no, I think you you have grown a lot in your mm. career and I think like some of the BuzzFeed videos, mm-hmm. I was like, she is so over-exaggerating. Yeah. I felt like you're over-exaggerating, but that's because I just know you mm-hmm. so well, but I think that since you've gotten older, you have stuck to mm. your core yeah. self and kind of learned to be more mm. true to yourself or yeah, maybe found more, my voice. more like a, okay with it instead yeah. of having to do something else like I think those were your BuzzFeed days that I was like yeah. kind of annoyed because everybody <laughs> was like I saw your sister on my Facebook feed and I mean it still happens to this day on does. her ads so. but it's a different it's, it's a, a different, different yes now 100%. my voice is like I think you're right I found my vision and my purpose in life mm-hmm. and before it, it's funny to me that you say it's annoying that so many people would always say I see your sister because <laughs> that is fucking weird like yeah. you would tell me all the time growing up that like you know you never were like, you're going to be a star or anything, but you always supported everything I did. Yes. And I remember when things started to pop off, you were like, this is so weird. Yeah. Like, this is crazy that people come up to you on the streets yeah. or like know who you are. Yeah. And it was almost like both of us having to realize that people knowing me was like a very weird thing. It was. It was. And people will say, you know, I can't believe your sister made it and da 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 da. And like, <laughs> Well, no, I mean, they're just because it's so rare, I think. But I I have to say there was a point Mm. that I still not 
still feel guilty about, mm. but I remember what where you were struggling and oh. it was like you were in a horrible place and you weren't mm-hmm. at BuzzFeed yet. This was pretty I know exactly what you're talking about. You were just mm-hmm. struggling and I remember supporting you and your dream mm-hmm. all the way up until that moment because I saw how mm. fucking depressed you were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this has got to stop. I have like I, that was like just my instinct to be like you need to stop doing this and it's unhealthy. it's unhealthy for you and I'm like is she ever gonna really make it and I'm like the odds are like probably not no, and I yeah. remember having a conversation with you one day and mm. being like so why don't you think about just getting a real job yeah and I was yep. like and then I think about that moment today and literally after right after that you got your job at BuzzFeed yep. and I was like god damn it I was like the one I was trying to be realistic. I feel like I felt like I was trying to be realistic. Well, you were protecting me because I was in the worst place I've ever been in my life. And it's so funny you bring that up. I never in a million years would have guessed that you brought this up because I write about that in the book. Really? I was going to wait and kind of like surprise you with it. Um, Oh, my God. We're like diving really deep, like very quickly. But like, okay, I'm going to try not to cry. Oh, this was the chapter where I talked about almost killing myself oh yeah i remember that day and i was coming off of coke i was getting broken up with i had just lost a really big role in a thing well i didn't lose it it just didn't go to series so Mm -hmm. i write about this in the book but it's like kind of the big chapter of like the night that i tried to and then the next morning getting a text from you and i saved the text really and i put it in the book no yeah (laughs) i saved the text and i screenshot it and i've like had it forever and i've just like had it in a file and i went back and i found it and i was like i wonder what i said i kind of want to wait okay okay we go wait wait, but just know that it was like a big moment in my life where i had that support that i was like i've never felt like you didn't support me i think we were both on the same idea of like, oh shit, she might need to get a job because she needs like yeah. And then I was like, how old? <laughs> I was like, how old do people get hired to like in your field? I'm like, because you're getting older, oh and I'm like, God. don't they want like young, young fried chickies? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know. But you know what know you anything. said was you need like a place to go where there's accountability because yeah. I was just such a free roamer. And that's why yeah, was I remember the that perfect place because I could be wild and crazy, but I was being held accountable and I never had accountability in my life. Yeah. And you you saw that early. You were like, you need routine. Mm-hmm. You need structure. You can't just be. Yeah. Willy nilly. And I don't now. Like, and it gives you a sense mm-hmm. of purpose to get uh, up because you're needed somewhere. Literally you say that yeah yeah because that's what I need for me because if I do not have a routine it's like what is the saying like idle hands is the devil's hands on the devil dick or something like that that. I can't not be doing something and and I think for your soul you just have to feel needed and I don't Mm. know if that's like a a human of course thing that's in your DNA but like and that's why you can't feel I think that's why people can't be isolated for too long and I mean, for this person, for me, mm-hmm. I cannot not have a planned mm. out week or mm-hmm. a planned out day. I mean, I it's hard for me to sit and enjoy mm. a Netflix and chill day because Mm-mm. I feel like I'm wasting away my day. Girl. You know? That is so fucking relatable. And yeah. side note, confidant, I've seen your comments about working on not interrupting or like saying mm, too loudly <laughs> because I'm just like having a conversation and they think... 
I hear your comments. Kelsey's always like, "Mm, Mm. mm." and people are like, "You're you've been interrupting so many people lately," and I'm like, "We have 45 minutes. I'm trying to get the most out of it, but I hear you guys. I'm gonna work on it." Um, But like, let's talk about that for a second because I think we are more similar now. When if you ask anyone of our lives, people will tell you we are like polar opposites. Yeah. Like you're short, brown hair, very sweet. Everyone loves Megan. Mm. Everyone will tell you how sweet Megan is. And everyone tells about Kelsey's all wild and cunty and crazy and loud and mean. But and it's so I- funny because I think like if you would sit with my group of friends now, I'm the crazy, loud, wild what? one out of my group. And so no. but then when I come next to you, I can't even <gasps> compare what? to your wild loudness i your could never imagine you being the center of attention you'd never have liked to me yeah you never were liked it you didn't like it's attention. not like a center of attention thing but i think it's maybe or maybe it's just because when i was drunk i would be just loud as fuck <laughs> and Dude, just be like i had a shot for everybody yep we are queens of buying shots, shots for the bar shots. oh yeah the Which, breakfast like, shots oh i we don't talk about don't that talk day about Oh, my God. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, diving into kind of more about you, because I Mm -hmm. think the confidants are actually going to get a fuckload out of this episode, because I think that this episode is a lot more fucking relatable about a a thing that, like, we can talk about with our relationship Mm -hmm. that a lot of people have dealt with, which is not something I've ever really talked about publicly. There, I put everything about my life out there. Yeah. But I protect you so hard. Hard. Dog. Like, I never have mentioned anything No, about I know. You, you do talk about me, but you don't say my name. I never say. <laughs> I never go past. And sometimes I will say, oh, in my life I have dealt with. And it's like, <laughs> if you go back, you will see that, like. That's a hint, hint. Yeah, I have never put your motherfucking business out there ever, ever, ever. And I feel like this is kind of a crazy episode in that, like, you feel confident in talking about your life. You just celebrated your one year sober the other day. Let's talk about it. We have, like, addiction in our family, dog. 100%. We have it in our genes. Both sides. And us growing up. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. It's like we grew up in public schools of Florida, which are different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't realize how <laughs> fucked up our shit was until yeah. we talked to other high school kids and we're like, oh, wait, you're not snorting blues off of yeah. like the toilet seat in the bathroom during yeah. birth period. Yeah. The Somas. Oh, oh my, my God. God. But we went to the same high school. You were the queen bee of hotness. There was like two girls, you and Jackie Peak were oh, like Jackie Peak was so pretty. You and her she were still known. Is. Yeah, she's so gorgeous. You two were known as like the untouchables. Oh, da, da, da. and you always had a boyfriend. Always had a boyfriend. And you were just like the hottest girl of all time. And I was always known as Megan's little sister. But she was the wild one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well it depends on what you call wild. Yeah. You were wild. I was. Yeah, wild. I don't know that I was. Maybe wild. not in high school, but I mean, when I have the cop, you saying the cops are gonna come in and I gotta go pick you up, I'll <laughs> boost me downs or some shit like that. And yeah, I've talked about that before. Yeah. but like I definitely put myself in precarious situations. <laughs> but I never, I never went beyond 
I was a big weed smoker. Yeah, big weed smoker. Huge drinker. Yes. Oh, yes. Big, big, big time drinker. And that was like your identity for a long time. Long time. Yeah. It's just now shedding. And then I did like my Xanax. <laughs> I did like my Xanax every now and then here and there. And when I was fucking 16 and 17. What 16 and 17 year olds are drinking bars? I don't know. That's like, I feel like the Gen Zers these days are like, no, oh. no. They like they don't it. even know smoke cigarettes. D- cigarettes are disgusting. And anyone that still smokes them, get out of my life. Yeah. But you know what I do? To, you know what I do now is when I see like someone our age smoking a cigarette, I go, "Do people still smoke?" Cigarettes? I know. I noticed that, <laughs> and it fucking messes with their head. Yeah. I say it like yeah. it's an ancient relic. I'm like, I think you you said that to I me did. for a long time, or I said it to my our cousin the other week yeah. when we were in Texas. Oh, by the way, we Megan and I have been socially distanced quarantine to the max yes. getting tested at, i have to get tested for work like every fucking week and you were tested in quarantine yep. we yep. purposefully jared and i have been in the woods so that we could hang out yeah <laughs> we purposely have isolated and done this the safe way so that we could have this episode right. by the way i don't think i said that confidence um but what we, oh so i said that to my cousin of being yeah. like oh dude i didn't know do people seriously smoke cigarettes? Don't make it, it's a way of giving them a dig without making them feel bad. Yeah. Anyways, back to high school. Yep. So you were, um, you were bad. Yes, I was. I wasn't bad until <laughs> I was yes, 18. Was. 18 really? is when I tried everything. Mm. And you can I hear our southern everything. twang a little bit. When Megan and I <laughs> start talking to each other. <laughs> We start going back to our old yeah. last weekend in high school, yeah. which is like very like Southern mm-hmm. vernacular. But you tried everything. I tried which- everything when I was 18. And then <sighs> the I think what just was what stuck was the lifestyle. Mm. And um, Raver girl. Rave, yes. <laughs> I was a very, very much into raves and going to warehouse raves Blur. and going to the amp and uh Ebor before it burned down, R.I.P. R.I.P. A amp. disco ball set it on fire. I <laughs> cannot believe that. <laughs> so the place is gone. You were like very much into go-go dancing. Oh, yeah. I was go-go dancing. All the, um, what are they called? The light sticks? Oh, yeah. I was Glow doing sticks. poi. Oh, I my God. Throwing Bitch, fire. You can th- you can literally like a circus throw yes. fire around on a string. Yes. It's wild. Yes. I gave my poi away, my fire poi away a long what time ago. What do you think was it about the lifestyle that you loved? I've thought about this a lot. Me too. And I think it comes down to where it the raves, nobody has any sort of judgment whatsoever. Mm. Like you saw the outfits I would wear. Yeah. Rainbow like hair extensions mm-hmm. with like the UFO pants mm. and like big boots and a hat. Big, oh, the the platform shoes and all sorts of shit. Nobody gave a shit. And I think like I loved that lifestyle because it was like it was like a wonderland. Like yeah. it was just like nobody gave a shit. There were no rules. Mm. Um, there was no judgment, everybody. Yeah. And then, you know, people were taking ecstasy and shit mm-hmm. like at the time when like in my early days and everybody was all about peace, love and blah, blah, blah. And it reminded me like of the, of the Woodstock shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, how is everybody not going to a fucking rave on a Saturday night? <laughs> I'm like, everybody needs to do this. Everyone. Everybody. And so like I got addicted to the lifestyle mm. and to the idea that I could do this all the time mm-hmm. and like why wouldn't you mm. and that's something I've always talked to my therapist about and I she brings it up all the fucking time when I first Does started she? seeing her 
I remember I she said that I said, oh. why be sad when you can be happy all the time? Oh, that sounds exhausting and untrue. Exactly. But I was like dedicated to that. I was like, I'm going to go to raves every weekend. Oh. And I'm going to take drugs mm. and I'm going to trip and I'm going to live in this fantasy land, mm -hmm. which I didn't know at the time was a fantasy land. Ooh, that's a good I point. just literally thought this was normal Escapism. for these type of people. And I was like, I am these type of people and that you can accept that or not, but I'm going to keep doing this. Mm. And, you know, she, my therapist, rec like, recommended doing total abstinence from everything from drinking and I'm like I'm not going to do that yep. I'm going to figure out a way to live my life to where I can party all weekend and then have my nine to five during the week and yep. then I deserve to I worked my ass off so I deserve to get super fucking fucked up yeah. for days on end and not sleep and all that kind of shit and I thought like that was my treat mm -hmm. I was like this is what I deserve this is my reward for working hard. So I'm going to go hard because I work hard. It was so weird because I left home early. So I departed right, right as you were kind of going into that culture. And mm -hmm. I moved all over the country. So really it was like me watching from afar and mm -hmm. kind of hearing stories from friends and like seeing the people we're hanging out with. And when I come home for holidays, I'd be like, these people are fucking weird that yeah. you're hanging out <laughs> they with. Were. They were like... We, we were like early 20s and mm -hmm. you'd be hanging out with like 45 year olds mm -hmm. that are wearing fucking plurbit. Yeah. And listen, I'm not here to judge. No. Here's what was weird for me that I had to get used to. I saw you as this queen bee, literally like Regina motherfucking George, but without all the meanness, just the yeah. hotness. Maybe more like Gretchen Wieners. You were like the piece, like the <laughs> eye candy. And to watch you slowly, like the way that in my head I see it is like get dirty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is she doing? But then you would show up to work 9 yeah. a.m. on a Monday in your fucking suit, yep. dress, bullshit. Yep. And then it was like, I couldn't understand how you were able to balance that lifestyle. Right. I'm what they call a functioning addict alcoholic mm. or whatever. It's uh, yeah. functioning and it's very... Very functioning. I mean, I wasn't secretive about my lifestyle, but I was very secretive <laughs> of what I was doing in, in my lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah, because <laughs> like I said, I would, you know, I wouldn't consider us the closest during that time. No, not at, at all. all. Which was like super sad because I think both of us had a view of what the other person thought, right? Like, I think, I mean, maybe you can tell me is you thought that I was going to like judge you and you didn't want to stop and that I was going to try and stop you from doing things. Mm -hmm. So you didn't really like share that. Exactly. Stuff. That was my biggest thing with everything mm -hmm. is that I didn't want anybody to know because I didn't want them to try and make me stop. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you because right. I know it's not good. Yeah. Like you were <laughs> very aware. Yeah. And then I'm here like in my head and it's almost like that was the thing that I was sad about yeah I was sad that you weren't sharing your life with me because I was never gonna judge you I was never gonna make you feel bad I was n I would I mean I would say things to you mm -hmm. but it was like me trying to get close you right. know like if I'm a fellow sir maybe I can like understand and help you but it really I think it you nail it is like it, it all came down to like, you just did not want to stop using and drinking. No, and it was the funnest shit. And I'll say to this day, it was the funnest shit ever. I mean, like, yeah. I do not regret that at all. Wow. Not at all. None I mean, your brain cells. No, I would do it all over again. You lost time. But no, 
Mm. Oh my God. It was so much fun. And I, I don't think I blacked out more than you. Yeah. Do you remember shit? Cause like, yeah, I never, that's kind of why I had to quit. I was like, I don't remember anything. Right. No, the, what is, what brought me down, it was not like the coming down off things or mm-hmm. like the depression from mm. drugs and alcohol or from partying. It got to the point where I was literally going to the club by myself Woo. just to like, hear a specific dj that came in from europe that i'm like i'm never going to be able to see this dj again i have to go see them i was so obsessed with that lifestyle right. and i was and i love to dance i just you do that is love to dance you j-lo you like yeah J-Lo. i love to dance and so i was going to the club by myself and meeting up with people that i had only met once before mm. and like sketchy situations yeah. and i mean at the end, it just was getting so exhausting. Mm. And I'm older now. And so my body was not recovering to, mm-hmm. by Monday nope. at all. And I was not eating healthy or working mm-hmm. out at all. Um, and so it was just becoming so exhausting and lonely. Ooh. Even though I was around a bunch of people. Um, and like I would ask my crew, like, hey, I'm going out. Anybody want to go with? And nobody likes the kind of techno that I like. No, you like <laughs> some crazy shit. I like that German, like, hardcore, lots of BPMs. But um, I I just started to get, like, super lonely. And, like, and it was just exhausting and tiring and a lot of money. Yeah. And oh God. I had settled in my job to where like I, I wasn't going anywhere with my job because it was like I settled there so I could support this lifestyle. Exactly. It, you work for the family business. Right. You're kind of like in mom's legacy. Our mom's a very successful, self-made, self-founded business owner. Yeah. Everyone knows Mama D. She's been on the podcast a bunch. Um, and. D. It was, that's kind of also what was crazy. Cause I would like check in with mom mm-hmm. and mom would be like, she, you know what was funny is mom never like denied. Yeah. She was never like, no, she's fine. No, no, no. She's not Kelsey. You're crazy. You're think you're dreaming up shit. She would be like, what do you want me to do? Right. She's over 18. She shows up for work on Monday. Mm-hmm. And I think that was mom's way of keeping you close. Because if she Makes was sense. the woman to be like, that's it. We're cutting you off as a family. Like, but that, that you would have not reacted well to that. Right. I think exactly. it would have tore the family apart. Exactly. And I think mom's ex- radical acceptance, you know, and maybe blissful ignorance in some. I think point. they were just very blind. Like mom and dad. But they dad am- has a, a, an addictive history. He's talked about his sobriety yeah. on his episode. He... I just I'm I'm a you good sneaky, sneaky, sneaky bitch. bitch. Dude. I swear to God, you I, are I a am good. Liar. <laughs> I am, and it sucks that I am, man. <laughs> you are, and you aren't, because like when I would come home for Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas, and you would leave at like 9 p.m., I'm like, I know she's not going home. Yeah. <laughs> like she's lying, yeah. and like, but the thing is, why is like, I th- and I've told you this the other day that this was this has been like the hardest thing because you've been to in the program and you've done Mm -hmm. rehab and things like what? How many times? I've only done rehab once, but how many times have you tried getting sober or whatever? This is my second time. Liar. It is. The first time was in treatment at Uh turning point, which is the best treatment center ever. If anybody needs any recommendations, that place saved my life. 
in 2010. And then, so I was sober for a couple years. And then when Joe and I broke up, that's Mm -hmm. when I fell off again and didn't, didn't try again until uh, a year ago. So maybe I'm thinking that you like would stop doing certain things, but to go completely sober, you've only tried twice. Correct. Which is crazy because in my head, if you would have asked me, I probably would have said 12 times. No, only twice. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I guess. I mean, for you. Maybe know. you me, told me or something. That oh, I probably told you, you I was sober a million times. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I think. And like that kind of goes back around to what I was going to tell you was that like, that's what fucks with me is because now we are in the best position. Both of us. Mm-hmm. I feel like our relationships the strongest it's ever been. And there's still this like biting in the back yeah. of my brain. That's like, she's a good fucking liar yeah like how will i ever know and i feel like i've told you this a million fucking times mm-hmm. that i will never judge you i will not ne- like yeah please don't ever lie to me please like please 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 i will never ever ever in the future in the past never ever care i like i will never try to stop you i will never yeah. try to whatever but like that's i think something i'm having a hard time getting over right. is like that I don't want to feel this way. Yeah. But I think it's instinct Mm -hmm. because of what we've been through. Sure. And I, I wish I didn't feel that way. Yeah. I know it, it, it is tough and it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but that is a result of me doing what I did in the way that I did it. And, Mm. uh, you know, cutting you off, you know what I mean? Like in a certain way. And, um, the only thing that can fix that is time in my opinion. And, um, and I mean, you have every right to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I just, I feel tears coming, but I'm not sad. Don't cry. I'm not sad. I just, (laughs) (laughs) I feel tears coming. So I'm not going to try and stop them because I'm, then my throat gets all fucked up. But like, I know that that's like a thing. That they tell you in AA, yeah. right? Like, sometimes I feel like you're just repeating the thing of, like, you're allowed to be mad at me. Like, Yeah, but, you, I mean, what else am I supposed to I say? Know, I mean, I, 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 all I can do is just continue doing yeah. what I do and tell you everything and keep you informed. And, like, yeah. the way – and when I did lie and stuff like that, in my mind, I was protecting you. Right. I was protecting mom and dad. And, and I think that – you have to accept that that was my my thinking in my fucked up brain. Like I'm protecting them by them not knowing how low my life is right now. That wow. is like that is how I thought, and I was like, I'm protecting them. I don't want them to know. I don't want to stress them out. I don't want mm. them to be worry about me ever. So I'm gonna keep this all under under wraps, and yeah. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna tell them. And like I said, in my mind, it was protecting you and it wasn't yeah. to shut you out and it wasn't to do something negative. In my mind, I f- my fucked up mind, I spun it to be a positive thing. Well, because you didn't want to stop. Right. Exactly. Right. So like, I was like, oh, this is a positive thing. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. You know, I'm doing the right well, thing. Like, I think that's an interesting part of like and we've kind of talked about this with mental health with addiction because there is so much you know back and forth about like is addiction a disease or like oh my god i've had that conversation so many times i'm so curious i actually was chairing a meeting once and i was like what does that mean 
When an AA meeting, oh, you my watch is talking. So oh, go ahead. At AA <laughs> meetings, you have a chairperson who runs the meeting. They sit like right. at the front and they open them and they read a thing. And you chair meetings? Yeah, I would want to go to one of yours. That sounds fun. Well, one of them, I was like. It's a disease. And I like read the definition of disease and like all this stuff. I'm like, is it really you guys? Or are we just telling people that it's that so that they don't feel as bad? Yeah. <laughs> what did they say? You can't do that. Well, I know. <laughs> I was like trying to make it like I was trying to like make it different. Because all the time they're like, oh, let's read from page blah, blah, blah. And it's like so boring. But like, I don't know. Sometimes it's just super boring. And I wanted to yeah. like spice it up a little bit a and little be like, I'd be like, come on, you guys. Like, is it? <laughs> do you really think it's a disease? Tell me what you think. Let me throw it to a break real quick. Oh, dear, sweet confidence. Do you finally feel like you can take just a little bit deeper of a breath? Now that we have gotten through this election season, or do you feel like maybe not at all because now we're coming up with the holidays? Well, listen, if you're feeling stressed or anxious, you know what I'm here to tell you about forever and always. BetterHelp Baby. BetterHelp is a therapy app that matches you with counselors. It's affordable. And, you know, traditional counseling wasn't really for me. I didn't realize... Uh, Online counseling was exactly what I needed to feel comfortable. And the best part is financial aid is available. I know therapy is a privilege. We acknowledge that. But hey, maybe you could get this as a gift for someone this holiday season. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it's a private and safe online environment. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 States. I want you to start living your happier life today. And as a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash CI for confidently insecure. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash CI. The weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, effortlessly chic year after year, like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my God. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. 
Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? <laughs> you are talking to two sober Sallies. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Uh, that was for the ad placement. Yeah. Uh, what did they say? A lot of people did. And I think like, I'm trying to remember of what this guy Bill said. Uh, fuck. Anonymous I don't know what he said. Bill. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so many bills. There's a lot of bills. We're fine. Yeah. Well, or we can just say his name is Bill. Yeah. Um, but I mean. What did he say? He said, you can't use that as long as he's like, you can call it whatever you want. I think this is what most of people said. You can call it whatever you want. As long as you don't say calling it a disease is your excuse. Ooh, yeah. Don't. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. He's like, but you can't just say it's a disease for your excuse and use that as an excuse for your bad actions, for your wrong actions. And I'm like, that's true. That's Damn. true. And they're like, call it whatever you want. If you don't want to call it a disease, don't call it a fucking disease. And it's all it's all personal preference. And I'm like, okay. But the, the word only gets brought up when it's being used as an excuse. Right. Like when I talk to my therapist, my therapist believes it's a disease. And mm-hmm. she worked at an IOP center. And she My works, therapist does too. Oh, does she? Mm-hmm. Shout out to IOPs. That's intensive outpatient. Or no, IOPs yeah. inpatient. I, intensive outpatient is IOP. Oh, what's it when you go inpatient? Oh, it's called inpatient. It's inpatient. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she believe like she will say, "Oh, it's that person's disease." Like I and I know there's tons of studies about like addiction chemicals and brains. Like yes, I totally mm-hmm. completely understand that. But I also know people can change their ba- brains, yeah, and their behavior. Mm-hmm. And the more we're ne- learning about neuroplasticity and um, biofeedback training, and like that's how I that's what my whole book is about is right. learning to change your fucking brain. Right, I haven't had a full-blown panic attack mm-hmm. in months like yeah. i've learned that i am the i am in control of my life mm-hmm. you know even though everything happens to me nobody can make me feel anything right. they can try right they can really try mm-hmm. but only i can be the master of my feelings and actions and, and that is just so hard to like actually take in and realize that and it's because people like to use excuses you know like I mean for me when I first came when I first got sober again I was going through this thing with this guy and like I fucking blamed him for making me the way that I felt I was like it's his fucking fault that I feel this way and that I got to this point and he was the one that set me over the edge and da 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 and it still for me to think like that I could have controlled those emotions and like stuff like that. It feels impossible. So for you to be able to say that is a very, very, it's a huge strength of yours because for Mm -hmm. me, I'm still learning to do all of that and how to cope 
Well, I think that that also speaks a lot to personality traits and like kind of the way we were raised a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you're a huge empath. Mm -hmm. I think you feel for people. I like even just around the office, everyone will tell you Megan is like the (laughs) angel, the sweetest. She would do anything for you. And I don't mean this in a mean way, but I think like it's the same way that I have friends that are like pushovers Mm -hmm. and I see it happening and I'm Mm -hmm. like, fucking stop, like stop giving your energy away to this shitty person or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I've gotten there in a different way than you will have get gotten there or to get there. I think it'll definitely take longer. Mm. Um, just, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's just a personality thing. I yeah. think like you, ha- you have that st- strong, like independent, like da 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 da. I was I was very codependent, and I can tell you what, like even when I was single the past couple of years, like I always like had a guy on the back burner, like ready to like call in any minute and be like, talk about that. Hey, come on over. But like I, in that way, I was still codependent. You know what I mean? And like I, I still like I I was still codependent even even though I thought like I was single right you know what I mean but you still always had that yeah I still had that like yeah and I still relied on other people and I wasn't as independent as I really thought and then this last year of my sobriety and being on my own and not I was abstinent for for a year. What? I was abstinent for a year. I didn't know that. Yes, I was. Wow. Yes, not a kiss, not anything, which is Wait, the first time I in my did whole life. Not fucking know you this. You didn't. You didn't tell me. The That's part. what they recommend in the program. They're like, you should be abstinent for a year. I and I first, I was like, what about six months? And they were like, <laughs> they were Can like, we what happened note? to year? And I was like, okay, fine for a year. And yeah. I was like, and but that was what I used as to cope like Wait, i used wow. sex i used alcohol i used drugs i used i was like i need to not feel this way so let me go fuck somebody and I, i'm like can i at least i was telling my therapist i'm like can i just be like a one and done like somebody i can meet on bumble Aww. i just want to like feel that instead of what i'm feeling right now because i feel like shit about myself kind of wow yeah. i had no clue yeah that this was part i've been to a million AA meetings I've, I've never fucking heard that i don't know i'm glad they did it i'm yeah. glad i did it because i i learned a lot about myself well, okay now i feel like i'm super single a big part of it because like obviously in the last year i've seen you the best i've ever seen you obviously like you are in crossfit you have a mm-hmm. fucking house like you are a mom to two kitty cats you're mm-hmm. involved in the family business like you're making a huge career change right now like i really see you independent for the first fucking time mm-hmm. and it scares the shit out of me why uh... because do it's that same like fucking little scratch in the back of my yeah. head where i'm like but what if she does this or like oh she, yeah she has so much yeah. independence now yeah. And, it, yeah. and it's really true independence right and i now that you say the abstinence thing it's blowing my fucking mind because <laughs> i was gonna bring up the fact that like the way i saw it from afar was like whoever you were dating you are a serial monogamous i know slash codependent very much we could talk about that every guy you dated was like what thing you were into yeah and it was like if we could just get rid of the guy <laughs> she would be great and then it was like you date this fucking next one and be like oh no like Here he's even again. worse and of course there were a few that i loved obviously shout out joe, joe. like i think it was tough 
to watch that because I was like, if we could just get rid of this fucking thing, mm-hmm. she can be. Yeah. And I feel like now for the first time, and I didn't know you're abstinent. And yeah. now it makes so much sense that you're so great because you're not de- dependent on, codependent on some fucking guy. Yeah. I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You could, I can thank Lena, my therapist, for making me stay that way. <laughs> yeah. I know. Me too. <laughs> That is crazy. Yeah, it was it was hard. What is it about? Do you talk about that? Like, what is it about relationships? Because we had a dad. We had a yeah. mom. We had a loving relationship I, to watch. What the fuck happened to you? I don't know. I just, like, I, I don't know, like, if it was... I, I and I don't know what to blame, honestly. Like you were I, I wanna, always that way. I want to. I want to blame like you know, so the shit relationships I was in, or like mm-hmm. honestly, like I think it was just because I was so fucked up all the time, and like I feel I just I don't know. I honestly have no idea why I felt like. You know what? I think it might be because when I was like in elementary school, mm. I was like picked on and bullied and I was Why? not I was like the ugly duckling of oh the group. I old. I swear to god I Megan, was. I was. This is my news. bangs were cut okay. up to almost my forehead. That was dad's my fault. Da- I have uh glasses that are like uh what's his name from Trailer Park Boys. You keep saying bubbles, bubbles and I don't know what you're talking I'll about. I'll show you after okay. this. And like I had a big gap in between my two front teeth and I had braces. I mean, I was a mess. And so I felt so, I remember coming crying, coming home to mom and crying what? and saying, I don't have any friends. And like, I would, I would, she would hold me and sing baby mine. Oh and like, cause Can't I was just like, cry. I was so like, I felt not cool. I did not feel cool and I was like a loser. And then as soon as like I got got, as soon as I started to get popular, like in eighth grade, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I can have a boyfriend like guys like me. And so I think I would snatch up whatever I could and stayed with it because I I didn't want to lose it. You know what I mean? And like I and I never got that that time of independence by myself to find out who I really was without somebody. Yeah. You got hot too soon. I literally would overlap my relationships. So I never wanted to be single. Like it was just like, as soon as I got bored with the other person and didn't have the balls to break up with them, I just cheat on them. Listen, and then be with that person. (laughs) So fucked up. We were in the, we were all sitting in the RV the other day, me, Megan and Jared. And I look around, I go, huh, everyone in this trailer has cheated before. (laughs) All right. We need to normalize this a little bit because like it's beyond the story is beyond. I think just like, Oh, I don't like you anymore. I want to cheat on you because we've talked about you being stuck in relationships where like you literally, you know, didn't have like the strength or whatever to Mm -hmm. leave. And like you didn't have the wherewithal or or the resources to leave. And like, I think that that's very common. I've told my story about being in an abusive relationship where I had to cheat in order Mm -hmm. to leave. And yeah, I think that conversation could be like more dived into another time. But what I can say from my point of view was it was so hard to watch you date <laughs> the guys that you fucking dated sometimes dude. it was hard for me to fucking <laughs> accept it too after, after a while i'm like man because you are so stunning and like i joke but mom will always say like god megan just doesn't even have to try me and you kelsey we really gotta put some work <laughs> in like whoo we are uh, up and it it it, it like stuck with me and i think i you know didn't have my first real boyfriend until i was fucking a junior in high school Mm -hmm. andrew and i 
think that that's what gave me the time to develop this like goofy personality. I was the class clown. I was the yeah. girl who was really good at beer pong because I wasn't like the hot, you know, the the girls I was friends with. Right. I wasn't the Regina George or the the Gretchen Wieners. I was mm-hmm. like the fucking Janice girl who was like super into theater. <laughs> but like, I think I did get that time to develop those skills uh-huh. so that when I did get in a relationship, it wasn't like everything in my identity mm-hmm. but you definitely it was so hard to watch you date the guys you date and me and mom would always say like what does she see these <laughs> guys i, I mean like you are stunning wa yeah. by the way our nicknames are wild i don't think we ever Kelswa and megwa that was established in high school even our parents call us that yeah shout out to neil beagle who was the one who named neil, me that yeah. and then it like skirted over to you too yeah. and now that's our nicknames but um what about like you, you know, you said this yesterday was that you want to save people. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who listen to this are not in like big metropolis cities that can just have the picking of yeah. whoever, like an endless pick. I think right. a lot of people live in these towns where it's like, this I, is what you got. Yeah. You and- chose the scrappy bottom <laughs> barrel crust i did and i think like i got joy oh out of like because i can i was like the sugar mama like mm-hmm. i always had money mm-hmm. and i i think like gifting them things and like like mm. being able for them to experience places that mm. they wouldn't normally usually go or usually have cool. and it was like i feel like it was like that kind of saving and then it also like them like telling me they'll never have something as good as me and la, da, 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 da. like that made me feel super special and for me to be able to like give them wow. something that they wouldn't usually have like if it was financially or like if we went on a trip or something like Ski that like yeah Europe, like- and I don't know if that's really like the, no it makes a lot of fucking just sense. of it of the saving factor um but it makes a lot of sense, too, that it put you in a position of feeling very loved and wanted. Yes. Because that seems like the thing that started all of this was that you didn't feel loved and wanted. Yeah. Even though you had, you know, a great family system. And, you know, I didn't know this stuff about you because even last night you were wearing your glasses. Yeah. And I said, oh, my God, these glasses make your eyes look so big. Yeah. <laughs> and you, like, got really bothered. And I got... I got up. I was like, oh, and you I, got I upset. Like, you took your glasses off and you wouldn't yeah. let us see you with them. And I did. I had no idea. It was traumatizing. That you as had. A child. Yeah. This big <laughs> insecurity about your glasses, which I think are so fucking cute. <laughs> They're not. And because you have very small eyes like yeah. dad. And so I think I, I can see your eyes for the first time. Yeah. And you've got these big eyelashes on right now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's so cute. But seeing you react that way, I was like, oh, shit, she's got some actual trauma behind being made fun of that put you in a position of wanting male validation, Mm -hmm. which explains a lot. And now hearing that you were kind of the savior every time with these men, Mm -hmm. it almost feels like you aren't comfortable dating your equal. Right. And it also makes me feel less powerful, I think. Like, if I've, I've met somebody Ooh, who was my money. equal or something like that. Like, I like having control, obviously, like, mm-hmm. as most people do. and But more so because yeah. I'm a, con- a control freak. Mm. And I want to be able to dictate. I was the one who ended or 
said that the relationships happened or ended mm. you know what i mean like yeah, if, eventually I, w- yeah. I was able to break up with people but i never got broken up with i wanted to have that control and yeah. have that power and I don't know. I, I, I guess like now that I think about it, if I do like find somebody that's like my equal, I feel like super vulnerable and intimidated. Yep. That's so interesting. And I was just going to say when you said that it like clicked in my head because we've talked about this a lot is that you and I share the same idea of not feeling like we deserve things. Yeah. Because we grew up very privileged very. compared to like, you know, a lot of people our age and how do I say this? It's like we it, it's a hindrance, but it was never meant to be like mm-hmm. mom and dad gave us everything we ever mm-hmm. wanted. We never struggled. We never had, had to get a job. We never had curfews. Like mm-hmm. We never had rules. Mm-hmm. And I think in a way, when we both became adults, we went like, oh, my God, what the fuck mm-hmm. are we supposed to do? And then when we started to get things, it was like. I've never really struggled in my life. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I don't deserve the success that has come to me. And I've talked a lot about that with my therapist, just of like, I don't feel like I deserve these things because I somehow, it always comes back to like childhood because even though I worked really fucking hard as an adult to get that thing, it always will stem back to like, but I think I was too spoiled as a kid. Therefore it leaks too much into my, my personal life and gives me like big imposter syndrome. I totally 100% agree with that. Mm. And then I wanted to also note that something my therapist brought up Mm. about our growing up and how mom and dad raised us was my whole idea of why always be, why be sad when you can always be happy. She brought that up that mom and dad, and I hate when fucking psychiatrists bring up their, like, it's your mom and dad. How Mm -hmm. is your, like, mom and dad life? I'm like, this has nothing to do with them. They gave me the best life ever. Mm -hmm. This is my, I'm fucked up because of me, not Mm. because of anything my parents Mm -hmm. did. So you can stop talking about my fucking parents. And I get really, like, upset about it. Yeah, because her parents are great. Yeah. And so she said, think about when you were growing up and every time you were sad, your mom and dad or mom in particular yeah, would, buy would, would buy you things <laughs> and you would never be sad. So, yeah. and she's Oof. like, why be sad when you can be happy all the time? Mm. And you got instant gratification when mm. you were a kid. And if you cried over some, I mean, I told mom that I wanted to go sit next to this girl named Jackie in first grade. And then she went up to the school the next day and said, can Megan sit next to the, like, what? She ma- yes, I don't remember that. She made shit happen. And anytime I wanted something, I got it. Like I never Damn. had to work for shit in my life. And that I, and I'm not blaming mom and dad at no, all that's for like my way of, but I never learned to cope. Yeah. So anytime I cried, it was like, I, mom, mom fixed it and was made it better immediately. So now every time when I got older and I cried and and I couldn't immediately fix it, I didn't know how to deal with that. So mm. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not going to feel. So let me go get fucked up. And we talked about this even this morning doing our CrossFit training, which by the way, Megan, what did you make me do? The workout of the day? The wad? The wad of the day oh was God. 30 rounds for time. 30, and- just, hold on. 30 rounds. <laughs> I just want you to hear that audience. 30 rounds, 30 rounds of- for time. And you did five up downs, five pushups, 10 Mountain climbers. mountain climbers and 10 air squats 30 times <laughs> but i just want to so emphasize good. 30 times this morning but we talked about this idea of feeling numb because mm-hmm. i was like 
oh, I, I was really struggling. And you're like, it's okay. Well, like you'll get to the point where you just, you, you'd get numb and, and you don't feel anything. Yes. And then I like, I like clocked that. And then when we were done, I was like, no wonder you are so into drugs. You yeah. don't want to feel shit. Yeah, like yeah. we never learned those coping skills. Mm-hmm. And so it makes so much sense of mm-hmm. why. And I wanted to point out when you were talking about the parents thing, cause I was the same way. Like when I would go into therapy, especially if I got a new therapist, mm-hmm. I would be like, by the way, all you need to know about me is, is I had a perfect childhood. Like yeah. nothing is their fucking fault. So please do not try and fucking blame them. And it wasn't until I listened to this book that I just recently listened to, which I think, by the way, you would love. And she gave me a quote from the back of my book, which I'm really oh. fucking excited about. Her name's Lori Gottlieb. And she wrote, maybe you should talk to someone. And she's a therapist um, who goes to therapy. And so she writes about this journey and it's, a complete behind the scenes look at how therapists work. And it's so trippy. You hear like their little tricks and Mm. like the way that they think. And it's so fascinating. And she talks about the parents thing where Mm. she's like, we are not trying to blame things on your parents. It's Mm. not about that. It doesn't matter if you had a mom and a dad or a fucking wolf and a monkey for adults. (laughs) It's about, we need to learn like how you were formed. Mm. It's not that we're being like, oh, your mom didn't do this thing. Therefore, that's why like bad mom. It's more like, oh, that makes sense. Now I've got the action item to come to adulthood and go like, this is why Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with blaming them. And that was the first time that I heard that being like, oh, everything comes back to childhood. Yeah. Not necessarily everything's come back to your parents. It's like everything comes back to like the literal formation of your brain and yeah, your pattern. I never saw it as that. I was always like, literally, I, I went to a psychiatrist for one session and she brought up the mom and dad thing. I was like, bye. <laughs> and I never went to her again. I was like, yeah. this is such bullshit that they all fucking put it on mom and dad when they were absolutely perfect to us. But, but that makes sense now that what you said. But and I don't want to say but because that like then negates things. And we did not have a normal childhood. Right. Like It was normal to us. It was normal to <laughs> us. But when I talk about, you know, not really having certain needs met, it would reveal a lot. Yeah. And I think that I had a hard time accepting that I didn't have certain needs met because then that would sound like someone was being a bad parent. Right. And it's like, no, no, no. It's. They were doing this thing to provide. Mm-hmm. They were doing the right thing. It just so happened that the way society formed my brain patterns, mm-hmm. it's going to reveal itself as bad or good or like helpful or not helpful. So like getting rid of the idea that they were ever doing anything wrong has really helped me go like, okay, right. Yeah, I'm not looking at them. I'm looking at the pattern that formed and like it's childhood, not mom and dad. That's a good way to put it. And I Mm. think Elena, my therapist, has been trying to do that for a long time, but I would not even let her go there because I would get so offended Mm. and protective over Well, you should go back and tell her this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tell her how much you learned. Well, I also think it's interesting. Do you ever talk about me in therapy? Yeah. I not as much anymore. Yeah. I think like I would. I, I well, I did before we left because I was like she got us these Kamala and Joe shirts, <laughs> and I was like, and I hope she's not going to make me wear these at Thanksgiving in front of our conservative ass family members because I'm like she's just stirring the pot. Yeah, I'm like she's just trying to stir the pot, and I'm like that it's just not right. I'm like, 
how would she like it if they wore Trump shirts to mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and da 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 da? I'm like, does she even think about that? Mm-hmm. And like, it's I think stuff like that. And then I, it's not like more. Obviously, we didn't wear them at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We wore them here in Washington. You actually did. You did wear it one day at I night think at when night you came time. in the living in the, room in private. By the way, it was like that. That was the last episode where we stopped in Texas and yeah. we saw a bunch of Texan Texas. But no, and I think that more in therapy when I'm talking about you, it's like, how do I handle this situation? Like, and it's honestly mostly been because of politics. And I'm like, I'm afraid that this is going to break the family up and da, 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 and how do I handle this situation? And you know what I mean? Not like, yeah. you know, whatever. But um, no, it's not, it's not mostly anything yeah. about you, but it's more like for me how to handle you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think the most helpful thing I I let like I I've had a revelatory moment was when I was listening to Chelsea Handler's book and she's got a lot of sisters. I love her. I fucking love her. Did you listen to her new book? No. Oh my god, you got to put it on audiobook and listen to it right. on my home today. Um she talks about like when she did her ayahuasca experience oh, and yes. like she tried and nothing happened so she went and did it again by herself. And what she came out of it with, because the whole time she was tripping, it was about with her sister. Uh-huh. And they were at um, Martha's Vineyard where they grew up and da 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 da. And what she came out of with that experience was saying, like, my sister and I are completely different people. Like, what I want for her and like, come on, you got to do this. If you would just do this thing and you, and I noticed that I do that with you. I'm like, you just need to move to a big city. You need to get Mm -hmm. away from this thing. Like you just need to do this. And it's like, you will do what makes you happy Mm -hmm. and I will do what makes me happy. And just because I wanted to move away and become a star and start a business and be my own boss and like do all these things does not mean that that's what you want. Right. Like, and like I said, I think it's not what you want a lot of the time. No. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Tampa. I, I, I remember at one point I wanted to leave when I was a lot younger, but I really like Tampa and I, um, I like my friends now and you got good yeah friends. Oh i love God. i love my group of friends and like i i think if i moved away i i don't see like i don't know what else i would do if i wasn't in real estate you know what i mean i tried oh, the yoga thing and i was really good at that and man it was a you know studio manager and teacher for three years and and you it still was, won't give me a bikram class i know <laughs> i <laughs> i don't remember shit it's been so many years yeah but i tried doing that and it was okay and it was cool and I was like, oh, okay, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm finding my own identity instead of following my mom's footsteps or mm-hmm. whatever. But now I'm like, I don't give a fuck if everybody thinks that I'm in the family business. I used to be like super like worried about what other people are going to think. Oh, mommy and daddy just gave you Nepotism. the opportunity to do it and you didn't have to work to do shit. Bitch, I worked my fucking ass yeah, off being do. an office manager and yeah. now I'm like, Pfft. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks i'm gonna do yeah. this and i'm gonna uh, i'm like just gonna it. do it and i like it i like my job and i mean i guess i could go somewhere else and do real estate but it's a very locally knowledge local knowledgey type yeah, of job right. and it would be i'd be like starting, starting all over, over. and i fuck think like that. you say you don't know what you would do if you weren't in real estate but i think like 
you are so good at management and like you said like being in control like i think you could be in product management for like any kind of business yeah you probably. just have the skills to be in charge of things yeah. and i think like you know whatever if you ever did decide to leave like that's what you would do but mm-hmm. i guess like we've been talking for almost an hour can you believe oh it my God. doesn't it go by fast it does and it's been so good it has been really good i guess like kind of wrapping up like i said i think we're both in such a good place and our relationship is in such a good place mm-hmm. and i feel so happy and excited for both of us that like i don't know what do you have any fears like i guess for i us well yeah for us for yourself like i no. guess like i said when i when i think about your sobriety i think like well it's just another try she's doing it again but this time feels i hate to say like this time feels yeah, different yeah, because yeah, i don't yeah. want to add any pressure to no. it but like this time does feel different. It does the same way my time a year. Has this is something ago. that I decided. The first time it was something that was pushed on to me, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to do. Mm-hmm. And I did it for a while because it was good for me. And but I remember, I mean, fuck, I wanted to kill myself yeah. at that point. I went to a fucking psych ward because mm-hmm. I was so unhappy. Yeah. I was sober for a year. I had a great job. I had a great fiance. Like everything was good in my life, but I was fucking so miserable. And I was mm-hmm. like, if this is all as good as it gets. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Fuck that. And yeah. now, like, this, but now, like, me deciding to become where I am yeah. today and deciding to take this path myself mm-hmm. and doing it on my own, um, obviously, you know, with support of other people, but mm. it, it did something different for me and I, I don't want to lose it. Yeah. Um, my fear is failure. Yeah. You know, in life in general. Um, because what I, is failure to you? Um, not living up to I think like I I just think about other people too much and like expectations um but I think failure I don't know I really don't know what failure would be but it would be like not making you guys I think proud that's interesting you and mom and dad like I've I always just want to make y'all proud I've never not been proud of you ever my whole life ever even during rehab I've never not been proud of you like, I get so excited to brag about you and tell people about Aww. you. And, like, whenever I'm showing pictures, I'm like, and this is my sister. Yeah. And she does this. And, like, I've never not been proud of you. Ever. Oh. Well, ever. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think that you have to worry about I just don't want to disappoint, I guess. Like, I don't yeah. want to disappoint y'all. And I want to be able to not necessarily live up to like what mom ever was or because i'll never be as good as mom in real well, estate hey, that's, like, you don't know that now with that attitude well i'm just okay if i don't like i'm yeah. accepting that if mm. i don't i don't and that's okay you know what i mean like but i think my fear in life is failure but i i have i mean they tell you you have to be okay with it because they're gonna fail and blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but um you have I, to be okay with it yeah and then for us i'm not afraid of anything for us i think no. uh, the only thing i worry about with you is who whoever i end up with is you don't like them because <laughs> uh, if you don't i i swear to god i cannot ever marry a conservative nope, nope. I would rather d- date somebody that I like just a little bit less just to make you happy. <laughs> you know what? That is, actually if anybody knows what happy. dating, their, having a boyfriend that their sister hates is knows. the most, oh. so most fucked up thing in the God world. I lived on the other side of the country for most of those. Yeah. Can you imagine if I lived in Tampa and you no. were dating those guys? I would sabotage their relationships. Oh I have God, liked I one guy. Again, shout out to Joe. I have liked <laughs> one guy your entire fucking life. Yep. And this is multiple, multiple people. And I, 
that's very funny. And that kind of goes back to the Chelsea Handler thing where it's like, I also live a life very involved in politics, whether I like it or not. And knowing that you are not as um, uh, ad, uh, crazy about it yeah. as me is okay. Right. Like, I think that's another big thing. And we talked about this with dad's episode is me being like, look how a f- relationship can still exist yeah. with very different well, some political views. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like another thing that feels important is like you also knowing that that is also a big part of my life mm-hmm. is because I live around that yeah. and I see it and I know people who are daily affected by mm-hmm. it and the choices that are made. Like I'm more front road to it, I mm-hmm. think. And knowing that that you're not is okay. Yeah. But it, you will never be allowed to marry a Republican. <laughs> Let's get this straight. Ever. Um, full stop. <laughs> Hard Period. stop. And I would hope Period. that you would not want yeah, to. Yeah, no, I want a centrist like myself. Yes, there you go. And I think that that exists out there yeah. for you. And I think as we get older <laughs> and like the times evolve, like I think that that will happen. But I'm not worried about you finding the right person because, like I said, I will not let it happen <laughs> if it's bad. <laughs> Like, if mom and dad die, God forbid, and it's, like, just us and we're older and you're dating, like, a shitty guy, I will, like, fly to wherever yeah. you are living and, like, secretly ruin it. That's what that's what sisters are for, Egg motherfucking exactly. And that's, like, the whole point of this episode is that, like, a sister relationship is ride or motherfucking die. Yeah. I think no matter what, you can see, like, just what we've been through knowing that, like, we weren't really close at one point, I think we were close when we were young. Mm-hmm. Then we didn't get close. And then we got closer again. But yeah. then we lost it. And now it feels like it feels so easy to be yeah. around you this time. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you feel that way, too. Like, maybe knowing you were stressed about oh, the, yeah. the um, sweatshirts is funny. <laughs> but that's really funny to me because I'm so not worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so confident in my views and yeah. opinions that I'm just like, Oh, I dare anyone to come <laughs> conversate with me. And you know, they won't, you know, everyone know. had a conversation before I showed up being yeah. like the fucking liberals are coming. Don't bother them or they're going to leave not. and yes. ruin Christmas or whatever. Do not. Yeah. And again, like those are relatives that we don't have to see often. Yeah. And, you know, we saw for fucking five minutes at a time, but yeah, I think, again, just going back to the idea that, like, we are different people and relationships evolve. Brains change Mm -hmm. physically. Relationships grow. Yeah. And it took us to be in our fucking 30s to get here. Yeah. Like, that's kind of crazy. Seems about right, I think. So, I guess, last question, Wawa, Wazilla of my life. If you could tell a confidant out there who maybe has a sibling that struggles with addiction, like maybe just some general advice for them. Cause I don't mm. feel like I know how to give that advice. <laughs> I feel like come from the horse's mouth is better. Um, I mean, shit, I, I guess all you can do is just, sorry. All you can do is really just be there for them. Um, and mm. I think in general, we just need to normalize sobriety mm. and, I think sobriety's trending at the moment. So I you can always tell your sibling, hey, sobriety's trending. <laughs> Very cool. But you need to let them live their life because they're going to do what you're going to do. And if you try and fight them, they'll probably push you away even more. Yeah. Um, so acceptance is a huge thing. Yeah. And even, you know, but that doesn't mean you can't try. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if they're if they're at a point where it's like their life is in danger, um, then obviously that's a different story. Right. But if they're living their life and 
you functioning know, addicts. Functioning <laughs> addicts. I mean, you, high, high functioning like, successful. You can't, you can't save anybody, honestly. You Oof. really can't. They're going to hit their bottom. Whenever they hit their bottom, they're going to do what they're going to do. And it's it's unfortunate. That's why this that whole addiction land is so fucked up. Yeah. It really is because, I mean, shit, we've tried to save so many of my friends that went back out and they all died. <sighs> Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so a I lot mean, of loss. A lot of loss. And it's a serious thing. But that's why I'm saying, like, we need to normalize sobriety yeah. and normalize, you know, AA if it yep. needs to be that or normalize just recovery in general. Yes. Because it's, it's so it's, important. And people are, I mean, even me, I was afraid to talk about it. Wow. You know what I mean? I don't I didn't want people to know I was in recovery because I was afraid if I failed, they would see me and be like, oh, there she goes again. And mm-hmm. da, 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 da. But we also need to normalize a motherfucking men. We need to normalize relapse. Yes. But not to the point where it's OK to do it over and over. But relapse fucking happens. And that mm-hmm. was a thing for me. Like I was afraid. It's like 70 uh, percent or something fucking crazy. Right. People it, relapse. It happens. And you don't have to be a white chip wonder, wonder which is when you wonder? come into AA and you get one white chip. The fuck is that? It's when you have 24 hours of sobriety. Oh, I got one of yeah. those, I think. Yeah. It wasn't white, I don't think. Silver? Probably. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, we need to normalize sobriety. We need to... Normalize have, we addiction, need to too. Addiction, and it's a thing, and, and be okay to talk about it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's something that's super private, um but, but it you need to know be. that you're not alone yes it shouldn't be so private because you can't do it alone you're not meant to do it right. alone. like you're not meant to do life alone exactly which is like kind of the other thing that i'm like don't lie to me because you're supposed to have someone right. that helps you and not in a way that like i'm holding your hand and carrying you to mm-hmm. meetings but like just to talk to or call or whatever like yeah you really should be able to normalize this conversation and have people on your team exactly build a team non-judgmental that yes. is there for you always and not to make this political but that's <laughs> why i loved biden because when trump tried to call him out on having a son who went through addiction and yeah. is probably still struggling mm-hmm fuck you trump yeah. are you fucking kidding me yeah you piece of yeah. shit yeah has <laughs> gone through something so hard mm-hmm. to be can you imagine how they probably tried to cover that up and then someone had to just be like this is happened yeah we cannot there's no reason to hide it yeah there's nothing to be ashamed of right it is so fucking common yes it uh, the amount of conversations i've had with people yeah. that it this is a thing it mm-hmm. shouldn't be a fucking thing dude yeah it shouldn't. And I think it's getting better. It is getting better. And I think this because like also the resources are starting to become better than they, what they were a long time ago. But mm. there's still a long way to fucking go. Yeah. I it mean, really is. it's like you have AA, impatient and like yoga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're seriously, you got podcasts, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah. We need more resources is a good yeah. point. Yeah. Well, well, this has been. Yeah. Did you have fun? I had fun. I think you did really good. I did fun. I was oh, worried because I did fun. <laughs> I had fun. I have fun. We can we can go shopping. We can go shopping. Um, I yeah, I wasn't worried about this at all. I think I finally wasn't worried either. Yeah, because it just feels different. Yeah, she wanted me to do this a long time ago, and I said I'm not ready yet. Yeah, I want to have some more time under my belt. It didn't feel good the last time. Yeah, either. yeah. This I've good. the confidence to know I have recorded many episodes that have not actually made it because it didn't oh. feel like ready, like talking about certain things. Yeah. So we've got a lot to come up with.
Uh, do you want to tell people where to buy my book since I know you don't want people to follow you? Where to buy your book? Or like, should, should they buy my book? They should totally buy your book. Um, it's online somewhere. Yeah, it'll be in the description. Because I, I know you don't want people to follow you. Cause you yeah, don't follow private. me. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the don't. most open you've ever been. It's Every time you tag me in something, I get like 20 new friend requests Aww. and I have to delete all of them and Aww. say sorry. Nothing personal. She just like has a private life. Yeah, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. There's got to be somebody in the family that isn't putting their whole life out there yeah you got me and mom already it's like you and dad just get to chill yeah no so yeah i think your link uh, to your book is on <laughs> you can follow kelsey at <laughs> at kelsey dara on everything on everything and her link to her book is probably in her instagram you gotta say bye to the confidants now bye confidants i'll be back hey